So I got an interesting email from USA Hockey today. Um, it was just their standard emails that go out. Maybe you, you probably got the same one um, if you're in the USA Hockey system. Um, but it's just their standard emails. It's got, you know, tips for players and coaches and parents. And um, in this specific one, uh, they had the US, or sorry, the uh, Ask the Expert section. And their question and answer in the Ask the Expert, um, to me, was I wanted to talk about it a little bit. So I'll read you what they have here, and then we'll go into it a little bit more detail. Um, so the question is, should coaches short shift U12 players in order to win? And then the answer that they gave is, is really brief. It's absolutely not. If a coach is short shifting players to win a game at the U12 level, he or she is doing it for ego purposes only. And then obviously you've got the option to read more, and you can kind of look into their specific situation they're talking about in the specific question that came in um, from a parent. Uh, but just kind of going off that that short little quip there, um, you know, if you were talking in generalities, I'd say probably most of the time I would agree with that that statement. But I find that it's that topic I find is is it's difficult to make a hard and fast statement on that um, because there's a lot of different situations that you know, and I think it's maybe a little unfair to say that if that's happening, it's strictly for ego purposes only, you know, so the coach can stroke his own ego. Ego. Um, where, where I think it really needs to be more, a little bit more distinguished is what caliber of player are you talking about? Now, if you're following the ADM model, you realize that there is no difference in caliber of play if you're going strictly ADM until Bantam. Right? That's where um, select teams and travel teams and stuff like that start kind of breaking off. That's where they call it their accelerated track. Um, if you're strictly ADM, you know, and I know there's, there's, there's coaches that say, yeah, well, we do ADM, but we don't do it that way. Then it's not strictly ADM, right? If you're strictly ADM, there is no difference in play. Everything's house until Bantam. And then at Bantam, that's where you can start, you know, dividing off and, and um, pulling apart uh, pulling, pulling off some of the more talented players or more experienced players. Um, but the reality is, we, we know the reality is, is that that's not always how it happens. You know, there are travel teams at younger age groups than Bantam. Not everybody's following textbook ADM. Um, and that's probably a discussion for a different day. But my point is, is that this philosophy can't be completely blanketed the way that they're doing it in this little statement here. Um, I think that there are times and places, especially at the U12. I mean, U12, the kids are starting to get older now. If you're talking to U12, a AAA U12 team, um, then I think that there may be time and situation where it may make sense to shorten the bench to the players who have been working the hardest, um, to the players who, you know, maybe you've got a line that showed up hot that day and you're down by a goal towards the end of the game, you're going to shorten the bench. And um, you know, do what it takes. Do what it takes to win. I also think that there's um, yeah, there's just so many so many different gray areas with this. Um, if you're talking house, then yeah, generally speaking, in house, you're you're pretty much you're going to go on that buzzer. You know, most house programs have a two or a three minute shift buzzer, and that buzzer goes every two minutes, and you change players, and everybody gets equal ice time. That's kind of the purpose of house. Um, but you also want to factor in time of the season, you know, even with the, the AAA team um, or the travel, travel type team, um, you know, early in the season, I say, yeah, you know, go as much equalized time as possible. Those games don't matter anyways. Um, 
as you're getting towards the middle of the season, the games start mattering a little bit more. I mean, really, what you're looking at is, uh, you know, you want to be able to put yourself in a position to make playoffs. And, um, you know, so the games do begin to matter as you get further into the season. Um, but I think the beginning portion of the season is, is very developmentally oriented uh, at any age group and at any caliber. And then in the higher levels of play, the higher calibers of play, as you start rounding that corner into the more serious games, um, you know, your my opinion is, you know, take a look, which, which goalie is doing the best, which goalie has played the best historically against the team that you're coming up against, um, you know, and, and then further into that, there's, there's other factors as well, like, um, you know, discipline factors. Um, we mentioned it before, but is, is there a line that's playing particularly well in a given game, um, you know, or maybe in the intergame situation, you know, maybe you're, you're up by a goal with three minutes left. Who's your best, uh, you know, who's your most defensive defenseman? You know, who are your, who are your forwards that understand how to lock down and play prevent defense the best? Um, so I, I really, you know, I think as you get into those upper levels of play, I think that that has to be an expectation. And I, and I think that we're, I don't know, <laughs> I have a hard time with this because I think that we're turning win into a four-letter word and, and that there's nothing to be gained by learning to win. And I, I, I disagree with that. Um, you know, I think that players that learn to taste a win, to taste a championship early, know what it takes, what kind of commitment, what kind of hard work, what kind of dedication to the game plan it takes to win a championship. And that sticks with them as they progress through their career. Um, there's also, especially the, the more advanced calibers of play, um, you, you as a coach have an obligation to the team, to the success of the team. And that's not to stroke your own ego. That is, you've got players, the whole team, who has hopefully been dedicated to success. And... You know, if you're going to strictly, you know, you, you get to a situation in a, in a playoff game or in the finals of a tournament where um, you owe it to all the players to play the players who are performing or who are capable of executing in that given situation. And that could be a different player depending on the situation. You know, you may have a situation where you're down by a goal and you need to put out your goal scorers. You may have a situation where you're up by a goal and you need to put out your guys that play the best defense. Sometimes those are going to be the same guys. Sometimes they're not. You may be in a situation where you're up by a goal, but you've got a PK for the last two minutes of the game. And you need to put out your best penalty killers. So I think that we can't handcuff our coaches into this, you know, if you don't play, if you don't run straight through your lines at every situation that could ever come up, then you're doing this for your own ego and not for the benefit of the kids. I think that that's just really unfair. Um to put that onto a coach because I think a good coach has a responsibility to the team and to the success of the team. And if you've gone and worked hard enough to get yourself to the finals of a tournament and you're doing well and you're up by a goal and you know, it just so happens that the guy that's next up in the rotation is minus three that game. And you decide to sit him for somebody who's, you know, who's playing better and you're going to take flack for that in the last, you know, last couple of minutes of a game. 
for doing, you know, I just think that the, to run a straight rotation, there would be unfair to the players, to, to all the players, you know, because it could potentially cost you, cost the team that championship. And, and you know, win is not a four-letter word. You know, winning is, is a skill as well. And we've talked about that on past sound bites. Um, and so to be able to have your players and, and to, to have that situation, that is, that is, it's a really neat situation to be in where you're up by a goal with a couple minutes left and it's a do or die situation and you give your players the nod and they go out there and they execute and they learn what it takes to execute. And it's also a learning situation if you're, if, if you're one of the players that didn't get the nod, you know, it's, it's, it's a potential to have some dialogue with your coach there. Um, you know, if, if that's a problem for you, you know, most players, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, you know, firsthand experience from me as a, as a player, you know, when I was on these upper level teams, um, my concern was the team. It's a team game. Team comes first, you know, even at the young age groups, you know, when I, when I was 12, if there was a better guy for the job in a certain situation, I would rather him get the nod and us win then, um, you know, then, then for me to get the nod, go out there and do a subpar job and, um, and lose because I was out there. Um, you know, so I think that it's, it's generally speaking early on in the season. Yeah. Run straight through, even at the high levels of play, run straight through, give everybody equal opportunity to prove themselves, um, but then as the season goes and you're tracking the stats and you're taking a look and you're getting to know your players and you're seeing how different players respond to different pressures and different situations, who's good at penalty killing, who's your, you know, who can you count on the power play, which goalies can you count on against certain types of teams, um, all that stuff, then by the time you get into playoff mode, you should have a really good handle on how to give your team the best possible chance at winning. And that's not because all that matters is winning. That's because that's what we're here for. We're here to learn to have success in athletics. And that success, that development, the success and the development go hand in hand. We're here to develop first, but then the success comes from that, right? And development happens through the first three quarters of the season. And then as you buckle down for playoff mode, that's where all of the good development that you worked on that whole season long, now we apply it. Now we do what we, what we need to do to give our teams the best chance of winning. So that means we may shuffle lines. We may, you know, if we've been paying attention to the chemistry of our lines. You know, it's not just about ice time. It's, there's, there's so many different things that coaches, good coaches, will be looking at over the course of the season so that when it comes, do, comes down to playoff time, they're going to be able to put their best foot forward. And in high levels of play, that doesn't always necessarily mean 100% equal ice time every single game, right? So hopefully that's some food for thought on that. Um, you know, but I, you know, most of the time I would say I'd, I'd agree with their, their philosophy on this. Um, especially if you're talking a textbook implementation of ADM, which is only house until Bantam. You know, if it's only house till Bannon, then yeah, run the lines. Make a buzzer every two minutes, switch your lines up, and, uh, you know, run it, run it like yeah, on the stopwatch. But 
part of the name of the game as you get into these higher calibers of play is it's a, a meritocracy, right? Meaning whoever merits the ice time is going to get it. And if you're doing a good job as a coach, that that probably will change from game to game, you know, as, as different players are, are playing well or as you're coming up against different types of competition. Um, but you're going to play the players who give the team the best chance of having success, especially in the last quarter of the season. So hopefully that uh, that helps out. But, you know, like I said, when it came through, I was like, that's that's not as cut and dry as they're making it sound. There's definitely some, some gray area and some things to consider. Um, but hopefully that helps. So that's it for today. We'll talk again soon.